Welcome to China Manufacturing Decoded from Southeast, the podcast where we take you through some of the major topics facing importers and manufacturers in China today. Hi everyone, this is episode 65 of the podcast. It's Adrian back here again with our CEO Renault. Hi Renault. Hey, how are you doing? Already 65, huh? Yeah, I know. 65 episodes. I mean, that's a lot. And if anybody listening hasn't heard them all, there's plenty of links to get back and and check some of the older episodes, which you can find in the show notes, and I'll include those. So go take a look. And it's good for me to be back. You've had a number of guests on in the past few episodes. So uh, yeah, Mm -hmm. finally, I'm back with you. Yes. (laughs) And so today, what what are we talking about? Yeah, we're, well, we're talking about sourcing from China and whether it's something that you can or should do yourself or whether you should use a sourcing agent, a trading company or someone else. And I'm hoping that as well as that, you're going to be able to provide some tips for everybody listening uh, that will help them to at least do some of the sourcing themselves if that's what they want to do. So to begin on the topic, I suppose a lot of people's first experience of sourcing from China is going onto the internet and logging on to global sources or Alibaba or your made in China and then just starting to look for suppliers for a certain type of product. Is it as simple as that? Um, that's usually the first step. Or maybe the first step is to figure out, you know, what kind of product you want to sell uh, on what markets, through what distribution channels, what kind of pricing would make sense, and so on. So we're not really covering this in today's podcast. Right. But when it comes to really like going after the source of the product, yeah, in in in, in most cases, yeah, it starts like that. Especially these days where you can jump on a jet and come to the, the Canton Fair and the, the Hong Kong Expos and so on. Um, so you, as you say, you, you, you go into this, this website, these directories, you look at what's there and usually the products that you see are the kind of products that you should not buy because everybody can see it. And, and there's already plenty of Chinese people selling them in your country probably. Um, but you know, that comes back to your market research and what product you want to buy and so on. So you um, you look for a supplier and usually by looking at the products that they have made and looking at the other information, you can glean about them on, on those directories. Um, and there starts the, you know, the whole game of sourcing the right supplier uh, negotiating the right terms, um, you know, getting their interest, uh, and and all the way through to production and shipment. Yep. Um, so a lot of people go there, and that's fine. The problem is that the, a lot of people go there without uh, trying to educate themselves about what to do, what not to do, you know. So we... we just, just in a, a recent episode with Rico, we went over some of the most common mistakes that new buyers make, you know, such as give a lot of 
attention to price and like going for the cheapest supplier mm. usually doesn't end up well. <laughs> then usually you have products that you get for cheap, but you can't even sell. So actually you lost all your money, you know, things like that. And if people don't educate themselves, then it, it becomes a very, very risky game. Not that it's not risky if you don't educate yourself, but there are ways to reduce the risks. Mm. And this is really what I'm hoping to get into today. I mean, that risk reduction when we're sourcing, that's really important. And you've already made a great point about the price issue, because I think you've said time and time again on the podcast and written about it. And and as you said, recently with Rico, uh, talked about pricing. And in a, in a way, it makes sense. If you pay peanuts, you know, you're going to get monkeys, right? It's, it's, Mm -hmm. you're not, you're you're not going to get the highest quality products. And that causes a lot of trouble down the road. I mean, not only if you pick the lowest price, you might pick someone who has no clue what they're doing, Mm. who has never made that product, you know, uh, who's planning to buy it somewhere and just basically trying to hook you to get your attention. And then later, you know, if they're really good and lucky, they will they will find it for a price that allows them to make a margin for you know, the price you're paying them. Otherwise, they will find a trick to, to raise the price when it's too late for the buyer to go back, like maybe after the first payment has been sent. Mm. Um, and, or they might say, well, you know, they want, they want that, but okay, they only want to pay um, half the price, you know. Uh, and in, in China, really the way most manufacturers and traders think is if something is supposed to cost $10 and you only want to pay $5, you actually are not expecting the same thing as $10. Mm. Right? So you kind of, you should expect that. You're going to, you know, corners are going to be cut maybe severely here and there. And that's really the whole mentality here. And even if you sue them in China, if you, if you have the right manufacturing contract and so on, um, the judge in China will tend to be very um, sympathetic to this kind of argument. You know, yeah, well, you only paid five. The market price is clearly, you know, eight or 10 or 12, mm. you know, you were not expecting something very good. Sorry. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's the whole idea of, you know, what is fair in an sort of unspoken way. You know, you, you have to, to look at the context to fully understand what is said. Uh, it's not just in China, right? Korea and Japan and so on. I mean, in East Asia, that's pretty common. Yeah. Uh, not all communication is very very clear written black and white and 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 so on and yeah and they will think well no that you know you paid for five you get something roughly worth five don't complain right and as the buyer so the problem is that a lot of people come in and then they they used to you know buying on amazon or something like that and they say well you know i paid for that that's the price and that's what they promised I'm going to get it. And if I don't get it, I'm going to complain. And, and, and then what? You can complain all you want. Nothing's going to happen. Mm. <laughs> Chinese supplier. So 
that's the, the, the big caveat. You know, if you, if you want to go into the sourcing, first you need to have the time to do it because you're going to have to identify these suppliers, potential suppliers. You have to screen them. You have to ask questions. You have to talk to them. But you also need to, to have some due diligence done on them. Uh, and you can do some of that. And you, you might need to work with some other companies to gather some other information about them. Send an auditor mm-hmm. maybe to the top one or two candidates. Talk with the suppliers about the results and that, and talk about the, the terms, you know, the more commercial side and see you know maybe you want to develop a new product you know what what kind of capabilities they have in-house to to help you develop it and then you need to just manage the whole project and if you don't have one two three hours every every day uh, it's going to be tough right but some people do it and some people do a rather good job of it so it is possible yeah, okay. Th- that kind of outlines the scope of, of sourcing. So you made a good uh, comparison there with, you know, shopping from Amazon. You go on Amazon, find something. Oh, that's a good price. You buy it. But we can't compare sourcing from China with that, actually, because there's so many risks, as you've said. So mm. if if you are planning to find a great supplier in China, get the products that you want that uh, are going to please you and your customers – and you're not necessarily going to do it yourself. So what are your sourcing options? Well, as I said, you can you can try to do it just all yourself. And then in that case, obviously you, I mean, you cannot do everything yourself. You're right. not gonna, you know, go to China to, to bring the money to, to pay. You're gonna use your bank. You're not, you're probably not going to, to, to give a booking directly to a shipping line or, or or an airline, you're going to work with a freight forwarder. You're not going to to go there to inspect the goods yourself, probably, especially these days. So you're going mm. to have to work with a QA agency. Um, so you still, you know, you, you have to tap into a network of suppliers like this that you will pay based on the task. And then you, you do all the rest, right? Um, and as I said, a lot of people do that Sometimes with pretty good result, it's a steep learning curve. Like now, don't get me wrong. If you can spend some time to educate yourself first, do it by all means. Uh, otherwise, uh, I think the biggest risk actually is that you um, you you contact potential suppliers and then they can feel that you've never done that before, mm-hmm. uh, and then you know you're gonna attract the scammers. Uh, people are not going to take it seriously. They're going to think, well, this guy, you know, it's just, uh, you know, it's his first time here, you know, talking about buying products from, from China. He doesn't really have a real business importing products. Uh, you know, there's, there's a good chance that we get no orders at the end of the day. So we're, we're going to talk to him. We're going to educate him and everything. But, you know, he's basically a tire kicker, right? So... Uh, again, educate yourself, know what to say, what not to say. And we can link to um, an article I wrote a while ago about the, the terms you need to discuss with potential suppliers in China. And so you you kind of need to have your plan before you talk to the suppliers. You, you need to know what you're going to tell them, basically. 
All right. Yeah. Otherwise, it's pretty obvious you've never done it. Okay, so you've outlined a lot of things that you can do yourself, but there's there's a heck of a lot of stuff there. So what happens if you don't want to tackle all of that yourself? Hmm. Well, <laughs> there's a lot of people who want to, to, to help you, right? So historically in China, you have predominantly two, two types of people who want to help you with that. So you have those that, that don't really want to take risks, that don't that want to be, you know, just getting the deals to happen, follow along the way, collect their payments, and try to tag along as, much, as long as possible, but without taking, you know, financial risks or anything. So these are the agents, and typically they get paid, you know, anywhere between, I don't know, three or 4% to, 10 or 15% of, the, um, of the, 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 the older amount, typically the FOB amount. And so they might be paid by the buyer. They might be basically working for free in the buyer's eyes and getting paid by the supplier, by the manufacturer, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, in that case, <laughs> um, it actually, in both cases, you have to understand they, they want the deal to happen, you know, because that's the way they get paid. So if you start to, to spend a lot of time working with one supplier, maybe to develop a new product, and then, you know, they keep messing up and, and keep uh, creating some issues, it might be in your best interest to just stop and go to work with another one or develop, develop a backup at the same time and everything your agent usually will have a different interest. A, n- a new supplier will mean more work for them. Uh, maybe, you know, cultivating a backup, doing the development with two suppliers at the same time. I think that's double the work for the agent, you know? Mm. Um, and there's only one deal anyway, and there's going to be only one, you know, one, one payment per batch anyway. So they will usually try to get you to stick with the bad supplier. That's the bad side about that. The good side about that, obviously, is that if you if you see that the supplier is really messing up and you just stop everything, the agent will not get in anything, and it doesn't drain your cash flow. You know, they get paid way after they start working. It's it's actually quite risky still for them. They might do a lot of work for nothing. Mm. And in China, there's a little bit of a special team of yeah, yeah, come on, yeah, I will help you that I'll be my friend. And uh, yeah, maybe just give me 1%, 2%, 2%, or, or maybe 5% or 10%. And then when they go to the suppliers, they say, hey, I'm the agent for that, that buyer. And then the suppliers will kind of automatically ask, okay, and then when we give the quotations, uh, what's your percentage? Because we'll just add it to the quote and then give you, know, give you that percentage. <laughs> so... You know, they might get paid from both sides. That's the, that's the key. Um, also, if they are paid only from the factory side, so sometimes you go to the factories, and oh, it happened a lot in um, during factory audits. You really, um, you can see it sometimes. And you have the guy, you know, the key contact. And, he, you know, you arrive there and he greets you. And, uh, you know, he's sometimes, often, he's the only one who can speak English, right? Yeah. Uh, because... Um, 
you know, if you do one order, two orders with them, and then you see that people in the factory speak good English and you can deal directly with them without the agent, uh, the agent will be cut out. So they have an interest of working with uh, Chinese factories where nobody's speaking English. And then, so he takes you around and everything and everything. And then you kind of feel that actually he's not working here, you know, or mm. in some cases, actually he, he sits in the factory, but doesn't, doesn't get a salary. He's like an independent guy who says, okay, I will help you with the, with the suppliers, follow up everything, then give me some uh, percentage of the order. And for a factory boss, you know, hey, why not? Because if I, if I hire our salespeople, anyway, they would want commissions also. So this one would be a little bit higher, but it's only on result. Why not? Let's do it, right? So it's actually mm. quite common. Um, and uh, yeah, and then you say, well, okay, so what, where's your seat? You know, oh yeah, over there, yeah, 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 in the office. Okay, show me. And it's like, uh, it's pretty <laughs> obvious that he doesn't work here, you know, sometimes. Um, so, so then you go into, hey, so, you know, like, who are you and who's this, who's this factory? And, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, whatever. Okay. <laughs> it can be a bit, um, a bit funny. Um, so, but some of them are, you know, are pretty good and are trustworthy and are not playing games. So I'm not saying it's everybody. Uh, it's sure. just very widespread, I have to say, um, that they would get kickbacks you know, from, from the factory side without the buyer knowing. And and sometimes the more honest and, and nice and trustworthy they look, mm. uh, the, the, the more you have to, to, to be careful. Mm. Um, yeah, so, okay. Yeah. That, make, that makes sense. I mean, you know, are they keeping you with the best supplier for you or the best supplier for them? Mm. Yes. So, of course, their interest is to please, you know, their source of, income and their source of income yeah of course if there's no buyer there's no income but they have to keep the factory happy also because the mm. factory might just kick them out and say hey uh, you know disappear from here you know i don't want to see you and uh, i'm going to give you a commission because you you're just acting in unreasonable ways or something so they always yeah. need to be reasonable <laughs> in a chinese way you know with with with, this, with the factory so yes. never lose that um from sight uh, so that can be a good option for, for starting, but try to have, you know, as much transparency as possible into what's going on. It's very mm. difficult, I have to say. And presumably and, keep the orders pretty small at the beginning. Yes, mm -hmm. always. In every case, there's always risk anyway, however you, you got it. So you have to keep your orders low, maybe pay a premium to to go with a lower uh, MOQ, do everything you can to 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 keep your risks uh, limited, basically. Yeah. So I said there's uh, historically in, in in China, you know, past forty years, been two kinds of people who want to help you, and 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 then you. So I, I covered those that they want to get paid a commission, that they don't mind to to work, and hope for a good paycheck. You know, once the um, the goods are, are are paid for and shipped out, and and try to to build a long term income like that. Because mm -hmm. with every reorder, then they get the money. Sometimes without doing very much at all, right? So in the long run, it can become a good business. And then you have those that that are more ambitious. You know, that say no, no, no. You know, I'm I'm going to be the supplier myself. 
I'm going to buy and resell. And so you, you, you had a ton of these uh, 15, 20 years ago. And then over time, as the manufacturers simply get better at communicating with export customers, uh, they kind of get squeezed out. But if you start to work in China today uh, with anybody who helps you, there is a chance that they will arrange everything, be you know the, your face for everything, and sort of insulate you from what really happens on, in China and who who is going to make the products um, and and so on. And in the end, yeah, no, no problem. Yeah, I will arrange everything. Yeah, I'll be your agent. Um, usually, they don't want to say trading company because uh, of middleman or something like that. You really say, yeah, it's fine. I'll be your, your, you know, be your agent. I'll arrange everything. You pay this to my company, and don't worry, I'll, I'll just arrange everything. And a lot of buyers with no experience just go with that and say, oh, okay, okay, then at least I know you. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, can trust you. Um, your English is good. We can communicate well. No problem. Let's go. Let's go ahead. And so again, it can work well if that person actually brings value, right? If they can help during the development, they have some technical knowledge, they basically fill, fill the gaps uh, where just the buyer and the manufacturer together would maybe not do a very good job. Um, mm. And yeah, they, 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 and then if something, you know, the factory messes up or something, they, they, you know, they might catch it. Uh, they might push the factory to make it better and so on. Or they might conversely really suffer from a lack of control of the, the manufacturer if they pick the wrong manufacturer and the, the wrong fit with the buyer. There's also some of that. So that's the trading company. And be very clear, you know, if, if you don't know who you're going to pay and you work with a so-called agent, well, they might well have a plan that you will pay them. And then who knows if they're making a 5% margin or a 25% margin. Mm. And over time, as the, um, the price goes up, because <laughs> they say, oh, you know, the you know, labor is getting more expensive, there's more regulation, uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, the raw materials are going up and so on. You cannot really double check. You know who is really yeah. raising their uh, the price here. Maybe the, the factory is raising the price three percent, uh, and but the trading company is raising the price ten percent on you, mm. right? I mean that that happens. If you're not going to buy very large quantities, in the end, as long as the price works for you, why not? You know, let let's be clear. I'm not saying no to that. Uh, some of them are good. But if they don't say it very clearly from the start, um, or maybe they, they might pretend, hey, we are manufacturers. It's also very, very common. So mm. when, when you go at the beginning on globalsources.com, alibaba.com, and so on, you see a lot of suppliers. Suppliers is very wide. So do they actually, you know, does this company actually manufacture? Do they have the scope of manufacturing the goods? And are they actually manufacturing that kind of goods? Or maybe they have a factory making, I don't know, uh, bikes. Okay, it's a very hot topic these days. Yes. Uh, and then you go to them and you say, well, I want a, um, 
electrical skateboard. Hey, it's not really the same product, <laughs> you know? So they might say, yeah, yeah, no problem. Hey, we make bikes, so we know skateboard. Okay. And if you trust them, you might go along with that, but they probably don't want to, to have a separate line just to make a few skateboards for you. So they probably go to a, a skateboard manufacturer and say, oh yeah, you know, we, we have a, a customer, they want to buy your kind of product. So, um, you know, what's the price for that? It's very, mm. very common. Things are not very black or white often uh, in China. Yeah, and, and that sounds convenient uh, that they are enterprising enough to go out and find, you know, the, right. the e, e skateboard manufacturer. And in a way you think, oh, well, that's, that's actually pretty good, but there's a lot of risks involved with that because of course you've got no control over the supply chain. You don't know if that yeah. sub manufacturer is, is making something which is even safe. Oh, absolutely. You, um, you will probably never see that operation. Mm. Even if you come to China, they will say, oh yeah, sorry, we're late for that. We haven't started or, you know, and they try to divert you away. Uh, mm. Now, of course, if you, really want to poke your nose you know you might end up seeing that place and they might say it's your is there a sister factory or it's owned by their brother right right um and that might be true or that might not be true and this is going to be very very difficult to establish um, right but do they really have control over that factory um what if they mess up with quality you know is your supplier going to have the ability actually to um, to pick up on the problems to detect the quality issues mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. will they say no and then what <laughs> a lot of questions in the air here so everything the problem is when you you come to china for sourcing a lot of things seem easy and suppliers are like yeah yeah okay no problem and then once you've you've wired some money and you go into the thick of it you have all kind of challenges you know, coming up and people telling you, oh, there's no way to do that. Maybe I'm far, maybe I'm far. And then you think, oh, oh, maybe I made a mistake. <laughs> maybe I'm working with the wrong people. Maybe mm. I skipped some steps here. I went a little bit too fast, right? Mm. Um, so anyway, to get back to the topic, yeah, you can work with a trading company. They will make things easier if they are good uh, they will reduce your risks if they are good in the long term this will probably very probably uh, not help you with visibility into your supply chain the control will be in their hands not your hands so you really have to extend your trust and sort of delegate your your management of you know of your supply chain if you are planning to make a lot of products, you know, large quantities. This is not really something I suggest. Hmm. If the quantity is not very high, why not? Okay, so 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 far you've covered commissioned agents and trading companies, and again, you you've given basically a similar advice: small amounts, something which is you're not putting a huge amount of perhaps money into. Maybe it's a good introduction for people who are new to sourcing from China. But if we go on to maybe more serious orders, so we're putting more money on the table, then what's the suggestion? So, yeah, there have been more and more um, service companies. Now, this 
there's a bunch of them in China saying, well, you want to buy from China, you need help here on the ground for this, 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 this. And we're a service provider and you pay us for this and we do it, right? And we're, you know, basically like a lawyer or an accountant or something like that. Obviously with lower, uh, <laughs> lower fees. And that's what some buyers, especially more experienced buyers want uh, because they know the, you know, they've gone through what I described earlier or some of that or maybe all of that. And, and they want to know about their supply chain. They don't want to have a middleman basically trying to make everything look easy and fix the problems in their own way. They want to know what's going on and they want to be able to make the important calls. Mm-hmm. So in that case, if they own the supply chain and they're not, they don't have to you know, have a, an agent go along with their own interest and, and so on, they, you know, they just pay for service, get the service, boom, done, right? So it, it's a little bit like having their own team. Uh, that's the closest thing to having a buying office on the ground here um, without you know, the long-term commitment of setting up a company here, going through all the paperwork, having a manager on the ground, um, hiring some staff that if you fire them you know, for non-performance, you, you still have to pay them more money and, and so on and so forth it's actually easier to manage contractors, right? So you, you can just agree on a scope of work, uh, pay them for that, and it might be cheaper actually than having your own staff. Um, and, um, and, you, and, and you fire them if they don't perform. So th- there's, there's, there's a lot of demand for that from certain types of, of, um, yeah. of buyers that, prefer to pay for service. And there's still a lot of buyers who really don't like that. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of buyers, especially from, you know, South of Europe, South, you know, uh, I should say Latin America, uh, a lot of countries where they just don't want to pay for service. They want the, the work, you know, to be in the price of the products. If you think about it, it you know, if they pay some import duties on that price the the uh, i mean it's it's not very um optimal but anyway so some people you know psychologically do not want to pay for service and then some other people uh especially from countries where uh incomes are not very high they they look at these fees and they're like whoa you know i'm not going to pay yeah. for these fees right i mean barrier barrier to entry yeah pe- people from 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 india let's say and they Look at it and say, well, you know, yeah, it might be a good engineer, but we're not paying 40 bucks an hour, you know. Um, so because they, they think I can pay much lower here. So um, mm-hmm. I, I can understand that. And so for, so for a certain category of buyers, yes, there's, um, I don't know what to call it. Just, just let's just call it a uh, service provider, right? Um, and that... If you have relatively large orders, it's definitely more interesting than paying either a either a trading company or a sourcing agent because both of them get paid as a percentage. So the, the higher the amount, the higher their their fees. 
However, you might pay the same amount for a lot of these services that I mentioned, um, whether you're buying 5,000 widgets or 50,000 widgets, actually. Mm. Uh, it's, mm. it's a lot of these uh, fees are kind of fixed fees, uh, whatever, you know, you want to sign a contract, sign a contract with supplier, you, you, um, uh, you do some of the inspection, maybe you're going to do more inspection, but you're not going to do 10 times more inspections, right? So the, the proportion of the, 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 the cost of these fees uh, you know, is, is going down in relation to the, the total order amount as the total order amount gets higher, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, logically, I mean, uh, despite the paying for services issue, which you've explained, it kind of makes sense that this is beneficial in many ways to working with the trading company or commissioned agent merely for the reason that you already mentioned of transparency and control because once these local experts have been paid everything is open to you whereas you don't yeah. know if a trading company or commissioned agent is truly working with your best interests in mind right right and especially with trading companies you don't even know if it's the same factory that's going to make your next order right <laughs> With all the consequences, you know, on, on, on the product. So the, 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 there's a real lack of control here that, that people resent. Sure, sure. Okay. So that is uh, sort of a sourcing service provider. And there's one more option, right? Uh, just doing it yourself. Yeah. That, yeah, that's sort of what we mentioned earlier. Uh, you might hire someone who's done it before will do that work in your company uh, you might you know some people look for a consultant just to to advise them along the way or to do some of the work um, or if you if you're just starting out keep things simple uh, go for a relatively simple product um, don't go for very high quantities and you know there's a lot of information on the internet about how to um, how to start to buy from China basically and and be aware again of the terms you can negotiate and be aware of what would impact quality and delivery times and so on and you know go 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 at it be ready to make some mistakes and to learn and by the time you you're working with your second or third supplier and your your fifth or sixth or tenth order, you'll be much more familiar with the process. But beginning here, yeah, it's going to be a little bit of a ride. Uh, you, need to, uh, you need to be aware of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you mentioned resources on the internet that can educate you when you're starting to source from China. You've actually written an ebook on on this, a guide to sourcing from China and developing suppliers, which is over eighty pages. So, I'll definitely give the link to that, so uh, everybody listening can can grab that ebook. It's free and uh, and have a good read of it. That would be helpful. Yes. <laughs> mm. Okay, and uh, so to round off the episode, then some closing tips from yourself when you're uh, when you're sourcing. Well, I will simply repeat some of the key things that, yeah. that we mentioned here. Educate yourself uh, anyway, even, you know, now if you really don't have the time for that and so on, then yeah, look for an agent, maybe a trading company or maybe a manuf 
the problem is going directly to a manufacturer. Um, if they have good communication skills and you're going to buy one of their cust uh, standard products with very minimal or, or no customization needed, uh, that might be okay. But be aware it's going to take you some time. So now where are you going to find someone to, to, uh, to help you along the way just to sort of manage the project? Mm. Right? You need to, to, to find a resource. Maybe someone who's already done that uh, in your country that you can find, you know, easily, and you they can explain to you along the way, you know, as they are working through your your order, might be a sourcing agent, um, might be a service provider, right? So it it really depends. And then the more you 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 want to go for relatively complex projects, maybe with um, with a customized product that you develop then you're going to need a lot more resources and then it's another ball game if mm. you are just starting to buy from china it might not be the best idea you know to to, to go for that however if if that's your project well you you need to to really budget for a lot of um a lot of support along the way if that's really your project to develop a new product, yeah, don't go directly to a new to to a to a manufacturer. There's a lot of risks with that, uh, including loss of intellectual property, mm. including um, them going too fast, not having a structured process for introduction of new product, uh, you know, and and then getting into all kinds of issues, uh, very very common. So you you need to work with people who specialize. You know who've already developed some products in that space, right? Um, and that usually that could be a sourcing agent if it's not very technical. Uh, but most sourcing agents are not technical and not and not really able to to help you there, right? Yeah. So in that case, you need to go more uh, for a service provider. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. And uh, maybe a final point is also talking about the quality management as well. I know you've mentioned that many times that that, that mm -hmm. uh, factory audits and product inspections, they're an absolute must, right? I would say inspections, yes, of course. Factory audits, well, if, if, if your due diligence, let's say your, your background research on, on, on the on the on the manufacturer looks very very promising very positive you might not need it uh, mm -hmm. otherwise yeah it's definitely something that will reduce uh, your risks of, of, of picking the wrong supplier basically mm. Well, wow, that's a lot to digest about sourcing from China, but a really good introduction and some very, very good advice on, I suppose, the pros and cons of the different options, uh, whether you choose to go with a commissioned agent to help you, a trading company, a uh, service provider, or, or even do it yourself by going direct. We've mentioned a number of times we actually are a service provider like this. So if you haven't been to sophies.com just yet, why don't you go check out the website? So thanks very much, Renaud, for filling us all in on that. All right. Yep. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Adrian. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for joining us. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, don't forget to like and share. And you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other places that you get your podcasts from. 
See you next time.